We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Steve Rosenblum. There was a keg stand I lost to an 81-year-old lady. She got off the dance floor, and then, and, but I was, it was really close. Mark Grody. I've been waiting to get a hold of this guy for years. Yeah, like they're, like Channel 2 News is out there interviewing people. Yeah, I've been talking to my wife about getting Steve. He wants connected my dots and more to my plate. I'm going to dunk his ass. They suck, so you don't have to. Can't you morons do anything right? Founding members of the WB Club. Smoke weed every day. The three words that describe this show, and I quote, Stink, stank, stunk. It's Saturday suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. Welcome in. Saturday Suckage. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Let's take roll. See who else is here. Grobber. It sucks and it freebases. Don Cooper. If I think something sucks, I'll tell you it sucks. Jake Arietta. This sucks. Really, it does. Pat Fitzgerald. Sometimes you got to embrace the suck. Eloy Jimenez. Hey, you guys not going to make anyway. You guys are suck. And when, when I got traded the next day, oh, welcome to the SOC team. Toby. Oh, my God, this sucks. Random Bears fan. At the front of the field, we suck. Terry Bars. Finally made a list of somebody who thinks he sucks besides I do. Liam Hendricks. I wouldn't say seeking perfection. It's just mainly trying not to suck. Julie Swika. Man, that sucks. Wilson Contreras. Losing, losing suck. I'll tell you that, and, and that's all I can say. George Went. We had fun, uh, but there you go. I suck. Garth Algar. Turn it off, man! Turn it off! It's sucking my will to live! Steve Dahl. Disco sucks! Disco sucks! Caesar Perez. Hello, sir. Caesar. Have you seen any official word that Tim Anderson's been suspended? Have you seen it? Has it happened? Nothing coming across yet, but uh, you know it's coming. I mean, you, you can't do that. You can't do that, Steve. 
You cannot do that. Welcome to Saturday Suckage. So it's perfect thing to talk about. Tim Anderson, the White Sox. We suck so we don't have to. The White Sox, however, are proving to be the white whale for us. We're broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealer. Our phone number, 312-644-6767. That'll get you to our listener line, powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. That number, 312-644-6767. Also gets you to the score's Tech Zone. The Tech Zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time, shop online, RosenHyundai.com. So Tim Anderson get going to get suspended. It'll come. It'll have to. You can't argue balls and strikes. You sure as hell can't bump an ump. You cannot touch an ump. You cannot change the game that way. You change the game all you want, Tim Anderson, and about time you change the season. But you can't do that with an umpire. No amount of supposed swag allows that. Now, Sox sycophants will play that seventh inning as a great move to show fight and ferocity and that the dugout is in the night of the living dead, even though it always looks like the living dead. So it has to play out that way. And if it does, great. If suddenly the White Sox go on this run that they we've all expected and they've never given us, they've never shown. Again, this is a team that last had a winning homestand. A winning homestand in April. April 12th through the 17th. Their first homestand, their only winning homestand, this World Series or bust team. So, people will look at it, looking for it. We've, we've all grasped at this. We've all grasped at what has turned out to be straws, at nothing, at air, looking for something to motivate, something to spark, something to light a fire under this basically zombie team. They, they, they're just, they're dead. They're the living dead. They don't, they suck at home. They suck overall. They find new and incredible ways to act stupid, to play bad baseball, to give dumb answers. And now you saw their supposed, I, I don't know if he's the leader, one of their leaders, certainly. He's the guy changing the game. He's their 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 cover player. And you saw him reduced to an undisciplined and selfish act. If that's the motivation they need, what happened to pride? What happened to the ability to play the game? I, I don't I don't understand this. I don't understand why there can't be where where is the back of the baseball card stuff? Where is the professional the professional approach to winning games. Now, you could also look at it, and I saw it on, on my, uh, I saw a lot of twanger. That's Twitter anger. There was a lot of twanger last night, a lot of White Sox twanger. That the manager could have gotten out there quicker to protect his player. But Jerry's manager can't do anything quick. He can't run quick, not at his septuagenarian age. He can't use metrics pretty any quick any quicker. He can't explain pitching decisions with any 
good speed. So you ask, would A.J. Hinch have gotten out there quicker? What do you think, Caesar? Would A.J. Hinch, would A.J. Pierzynski have gotten out there any quicker? Caesar, what do you think? Well, you know, LaRusso, the thing is, even when he got out there, he kind of just let it happen, didn't he? Like, he, he got out there, and then he just basically well, the stood bump, there and let it happen. The bump had happened by the time uh, Jerry's manager got out there. Would Ozzie Gein have gotten out there quicker? Would have gotten out there as soon as he saw Tim Anderson arguing a strike and, and knowing that you can't do that and knowing that Tim, you, the manager, Jerry's manager, said, well, he's emotional. You know that. It's an emotional game. You want to see an emotional game. It's entertaining. Okay, well, if you know he's emotional, then you know he might go too far. It really speaks to uh, one of his big knocks this year has been anticipation, right? Anticipating what's coming and, and what you, what's the next move going to be. And him not, you know, and they're going to argue he didn't get out there in time. That really speaks to that, to, to anticipating, I better get out there because Tim Anderson's about to lose it, you know, and, and not anticipating what's coming next. He was asked, Jerry's manager was, about the possibility of contact between Tim Anderson and Marley, the umpire. And Jerry's manager said, quote, I didn't see that. I know, I think I saw the umpire moving forward quite a bit which they're taught not to do that, I didn't see any contact. Well, then that would, make the, <clears throat> that would make the Sox manager the only one who didn't see that. That would make Jerry's manager the only one who didn't see that. So now Jerry's manager can't move quickly, think quickly, or see. That is the, that is the, the current plight of your White Sox. And... And there is, there's something more to this that Josh Harrison sounded like he wanted to say, but didn't, couldn't, wouldn't, maybe he doesn't have enough, I don't know that gravitas isn't where credibility is at time. He doesn't have enough experience. He, there's a certain hierarchy, there's a pecking order, there's a, there's a, a hall of voices, and... We most notably think that Anderson, Jose Abreu are at the top of that. Although we have heard quite loudly Lance Lynn and Dallas Keuchel. Dallas Keuchel during the pandemic year and Lance Lynn talking about, you know, it's June. Nobody gives a crap about the Tampa Bay series. And among position players, it would be seemingly Anderson and Abreu. Josh Harrison, who had an actual home run, the White Sox had an actual actual home run. He was asked, this is uh, from the Twitter feed of Vinnie Duber, CHGO, asked about the Sox chemistry. So he kind of defended the, the clubhouse and its culture and the chemistry, but it acknowledges that chemistry really, it doesn't equal wins. Really, it doesn't mean squat. Quote, there's no question in here. We got chemistry. Chemistry doesn't necessarily translate to wins. It can, but at the end of the day, you can have the greatest chemistry and go out and play terrible baseball. Well, that seems to, that, that, that part of the quote seems to describe Josh Harrison's White Sox experience. Continuing his quote, you have guys who show up every day pulling for each other, and I don't think it's a question of that. Guys are showing up, pulling for each other. When you look at the game of baseball, 162 games, we haven't played our best baseball. 
Editor's note, no duh. Continuing the quote, but sometimes we're going up there feeling like we have to be the guy to change it. You have to show up every day and rely on the next man. That has nothing to do with chemistry. That's the game of baseball weighing down on you and us putting more pressure on ourselves instead of going and playing the game we love and know how to play. That's from a guy on a team that ran into an 8-5 triple play. The game we love and know how to play. Now this was retweeted among the retweets from this part of the this part of uh, Josh the White Sox coverage in Josh Harrison's quote. Dan Bernstein, uh, Bernstein and Holmes are terrific midday pairing. Our new show here on the Score. He called it a cry for help. Now help can be cry. You can cry out for that in various ways, can't you? So what is that? What is that exactly? What is that a cry for? Or what is that an indictment of? And I do believe that whether it's a cry for help or it's passive aggressive or it's talking around a subject, the bullseye is accountability. Holding each other accountable. Frank Thomas said this several months ago on one of the postgame shows on NBC Sports Chicago. He was talking about players policing players, teammates policing teammates. Now, changing a manager might have something to do. It might make wake the team up. I've lobbied for that. I've lobbied for somebody who's awake, somebody who's there, somebody who, who would, who would show some, I don't know, some leadership, some some contemporary baseball knowledge, and somebody who wouldn't act like he's bulletproof, whether it's condescending or patronizing or dismissive. The players have to play better. These White Sox players have sucked. By and large, they've sucked and they've got hurt. And the getting hurt part might demand scream for accountability as well. There was some indication that maybe these guys aren't, whether it's stretching or whether it's core exercises, the run of injuries that they've suffered and where and and how the body parts all seem to look alike and they keep suffering other wonderful injuries in different spots and and the worst times and that it was a matter of being responsible to yourself so you can be responsible for your teammate to your teammates. That's accountability. Players holding each other accountable. You can't, as Josh Harrison says, rely on the other guy. You can't, you can't rely on the next man if the next man isn't being held accountable or you don't trust him. Nobody's relying on the next man. You go up there, i got to do this myself. Why? Well, nobody else has done it. Why hasn't anybody else done it? You know the whole thing about the five whys? Ask, keep asking why. What, by the time you ask the fifth time, you'll get your answer. And I think it's accountability. The White Sox players, they may like each other. And maybe they like each other because everybody's nice. Maybe everybody's just sort of laissez-faire, a libertarian clubhouse. You do what you want to do. I'll do what I want to do. If you believe that's how you get ready for a game, you get ready for a game that way. Go right ahead. Okay. Meanwhile, 
there seems to be the thought that you can't trust the next guy. Can't trust him to stay healthy. Can't trust him to do the right thing. I mean, this this team under Jerry's manager has gotten dumber on the bases, and they don't seem to give a damn about defense. It doesn't seem to matter. This Hall of Failure baseball person in charge doesn't seem to have improved and, in fact, has allowed those to get worse. And, and if that happens, if there is not accountability from the manager to the players, how, how are you going to get accountability from the players to the players? I don't know how that happens. There's no motivation. For, there's no fear. At some point, there has to be fear. Fear of getting sent down, fear of getting traded, fear of getting benched. The only real power a manager has, or a coach, that guy in whatever sport it is, the only power it has is playing time, ice time, minutes, whatever it is. You get to choose who plays. You get to choose who doesn't. And you can base that on a number of things. There doesn't seem to be that kind of accountability. And in fact, there, there, there looks to be an empowerment of the crap. Just look at Leury Garcia. Manager, Jerry's manager can't stop playing him, and the Sox can't stop losing when he's in the lineup. No accountability. Manager doesn't have to be accountability but anybody to anybody except his best friend. That's great. Players look at that and go, why should I? I don't want to make this guy next to me uncomfortable. I don't want to make, be, make him accountable to me. It doesn't seem like there's much in this organization this organization doesn't seem to care about accountability. Starting at the top. So, there's your White Sox. The easy part of the schedule. You know what? The Sox are the easy part of the schedule for the other teams. This is Saturday Suckage, but you knew that just by the subject matter. I'm Steve Rosenblum. When we come back, I'll tell you who will be joining us. And how the WB Club will get a boost of a Hall of Famer. And we'll talk about some other things regarding the White Sox. And it just keeps getting worse. Thank you for listening to Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. In the air left field, Kemp is back. He's at the track and the wall. Has a home run on cue. It's five to three. Steve Rosenblum. It's Saturday suckage on six seventy. The score in Odyssey Station. Josh Harrison hitting a home run. Josh Harrison dancing around, talking around, trying to hit the hit the bullseye of accountability for a White Sox team. He's kind of new to. He hit a home run. That should be a highlight. And in some ways, it was, but. Here's what I got for you on Saturday Suckage as a highlight related to the Josh Harrison home run. Stats by Stats tweeted this out yesterday. Aaron Judge of the Yankees is the first player in MLB history to have at least 41 total homers, nine multi-home run games, three walk-off homers, two grand slams, He's the first guy to do all that in one season, and he's done it all before the end of July. Now, the reason I bring that up is this, because I can be cruel, and and yet it's meaningful. 
here on Saturday Suckage. That's part of the program. Of the Sox players who have a chance to get booed during tonight's expected loss to the A's, Jose Abreu, Andrew Vaughn, Gavin Sheets, Tim Anderson, and the aforementioned Josh Harrison, they've combined to hit fewer home runs than Aaron Judge. We'll go through that again. Jose Abreu, Andrew Vaughn, Gavin Sheets, Tim Anderson, and Josh Harrison have combined to hit fewer home runs than Aaron Judge. That includes Harrison's home run for last night, and it kind of is pending Anderson's suspension for being stupid and undisciplined and a bad leader when he bumped the ump last night arguing a strike call. So if Anderson's suspended the way he ought to be, I know he can contest it, but let's say he's not in the lineup tonight, you can add in A.J. Pollock or Yoan Moncada among available players who could be on that list to combine for fewer homers than Andrew Judge, Aaron Judge. If you include Pollock and Moncada, then and finally then has nearly an entire Sox starting lineup past Aaron Judge in home runs. Your World Series or bus team, ladies and gentlemen. Saturday Suckage at its best, don't you think? That's why we're here. We bring you all the bad stuff. Top of the hour, I will talk with Ryan Horvitt of BetMGM tonight and the BetMGM MLB podcast. There are odds out on NFL MVP, on teams, on wins, overs, unders. They go to training camp, and <clears throat> and they're in training camp. The Bears are in training camp. We'll get to that in a moment. And so let's talk a little odds. Let's you want to place a future bet way into the future. Ryan would know about that. And at 1 p.m., Mark Grody, Bears sideline reporter, score hero, and uh, and he will be reporting after the Bears practice today in which Justin Fields went all Justin Fields. Apparently had some really nice touchdown passes and really awful turnovers. Again, we're broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. The Tech Zone. TechZone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at RosenHyundai.com. 312-644-6767 is the number. Todd texted that number, and Todd needs many different files to get all these thoughts in. I will see if I can get this in the right order. Talking about what I had said about the accountability and the accountability or lack of it, starting at the top, where Jerry's manager is only accountable to Jerry, and Jerry doesn't seem to much care that his team is being badly mismanaged and outmanaged and playing bad and stupid baseball. So, Todd responded to that. That was all true and very insightful, but you left out the biggest problem and by far the biggest reason for this Sox train wreck, and that's the worst General manager in Chicago sports history, Rick Hahn. He sucks so bad at his job, saying he sucks as an insult to people who suck. That's quite the meta play there, Todd. Todd, wow. He's beyond bad and put together this terribly flawed roster, while at the same time, destitute farm system. Until they get a GMO as a clue, all the LaRusa nonsense doesn't matter. 
Well, it does matter. It does matter because there's still LaRusso nonsense. I'm not saying Rick Hahn did the right job, but Rick Hahn was doing the job for a manager who might have been cogent and metric savvy. Jerry's manager seems to use metrics or refer to metrics in a, he weaponizes them. He would throw them at you, spit them at you the way he spit them at everybody when he walked Trey Turner with a one and two count. Wow, the metrics say this, the metrics say that. Well, the metrics also say that you brought up a left-handed hitter to face a left-handed pitcher who does worse against left-handed hitters. So he's trying to weaponize metrics and show you just how smart he is. And the manager walked his team into a loss. And that's what you're dealing with in, in this dysfunctional setup where the owner neuters the general manager who had put together a team for a different kind of manager and now is stuck with Jerry's manager. And Jerry's manager knows it and isn't accountable. How do you make the players accountable? The players don't seem to be accountable to each other. And that's usually where things get can get corrected. We, we, there have been, I mean, good locker room, bad locker room, chemistry. It doesn't, you know, have you ever heard of a good team with, I guess the only good team with bad, I've never heard of a good team with bad chemistry, except the Oakland A's. And they won three World Series. They all hated, their unif, unifying thing was they hated Charlie, they hated Charlie Finley more than they hated Reggie Jackson or each other or whatever, however they were working. There's Billy North and Reggie Jackson slugging each other. But chemistry grows out of winning. They're not winning. Why aren't they winning? They're not hitting home runs. Guys who should be hitting home runs can't. You can put together, I just put together a list of five guys who combined don't have as many home runs as Aaron Judge. And this is a team that sucks at home. And this is a team that's hearing it from... You know what happened last night? White Sox fans were doing the wave, trying to rub things up. White Sox pitchers gave up home runs into the teeth of the wave twice. I don't believe I've seen that. Isn't the waves usually done offensively? The White Sox fans are doing it when the White Sox are in the field and they give up home runs. They suck at home and they suck against sub 500 teams. So when you talk about here's the easy part of the schedule, what what part of the schedule has ever been easy? What, I, I don't get it. And by the way, you know, oh, well, the A's, wow, they're one of the few teams with. They got fewer home wins than the White Sox. Right. The White Sox have fewer home wins than any team in the American League except the A's. And they have the fourth fewest in the majors. The Cubs have fewer wins. The Nationals have fewer wins at home. But that whole, that whole idea of an easy part of the schedule against playing against lousy teams. And the Sox are a lousy team. They... Second home, they've not had a winning homestand since April. And and here's the thing that gets taken into when people look at the easy part of the schedule. This is the first time the Sox will play the A's. So they'll do it to they'll finish the series today and tomorrow. Then they'll play the A's in Oakland in September. And you're you know, you people who look at the schedule and give these socks a decided advantage to win the division, to win the, to go to the playoffs and all that stuff. They look at that and go, wow, look, look at four games in Oakland. If you remember 
Maybe anecdotally you remember, God, these guys sucked in Oakland. Ah, but that was that was the Moneyball A's. That was they walked a lot. They Scott Hatterberg and then Hudson, Mulder, Zito, and all that. Last year the Sox went one and two in Oakland. Sox were a good team last year. Last year's one and two record ties the best record in Oakland in the last five seasons. They went one and two in twenty seventeen. In between they went zero and six, and got lucky the pandemic schedule kept them from from going anywhere except the division. So in their last twelve games in Oakland, in the last four seasons that they played there, they are two and ten. And the A's are a bad team, and the Sox are worse when they go to Oakland. Shows you what happens. The Sox can face plant anywhere. Talk them an easier schedule. Hawk Harrelson used to say, "Don't tell me. Don't tell me who you played. Tell me when you played them." And now it's a matter of where you played them. And unfortunately, the the White Sox can lose anywhere and have. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Thank you for listening to Saturday Suckage. Phone number 312-644-6767. That will get you to the text line, as you've already heard. And now John in Bridgeport will show you that it gets you to the caller line, the BetQL caller line. John, welcome to the score. How you doing? Hey, Steve. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, you're, you've talked about it. You call, you call him Jerry's manager, and uh, I don't think he's going to be fired. So I think I've got to do something before this trade deadline to shake some things up. I know it may be tough to, to deal some starting pitching because that starting pitching is pretty much underachieved, whether being hurt or just uh, not pitching enough because they only can maybe get five innings even out of their best starters. But I think they've got to do something. I'm not sure exactly what that is, but I think one thing you've talked about, um, you know, last, last night with Tim Anderson, you can't do that. You can't bump an umpire. Um, you know, whether Tony should have got out there quicker or not, I don't know. One of the things that hasn't been talked about um, on the score, and it's out there, but for some reason we want to protect him because I know he's changing the game. Tim Anderson's personal life is kind of in a in, in a spinning, uh, not in a good situation. No one really wants to talk about that, but he's the guy that was supposed to be the leader of this team, and he seems to be out of it mentally unless he's just blowing off steam and, and bumping umpires. So when, when is someone going to bring something up about Tim Anderson's personal life, maybe drawing this team down because he's supposed to be the spark plug? I appreciate the call, John, and I would I can't speak for anybody else on the score except for me if I knew whatever details there are to be known or should be known are relevant or not relevant. That's what I'll base it on. If Tim Anderson's Tim, Tim Anderson's personal life affects his play on the field, I'd have to see evidence of that. I would prefer to hear him say it or someone close to him say it. I've not seen it. I've not heard it. So he's responsible for what he does on the field. We do play. We're not psychologists. We play them on the radio, however, and that goes on and on and on. But as far as what actually goes on in his personal life, look, some people thrive under that. We've we've seen teams that, you know, unified a to hate the owner, unify to hate each other. They they get into a fight, and and that's what they're all about. Other other players are are the players find a relief from their personal life by being in a game, either in the arena, on the field, whatever, on the ice, whatever it is. 
I don't know what's going on. I don't know how it affects him. I know Tim Anderson is, like it or not, he's a leader. Like it or not, he's got to show poise and discipline. He can't do something stupid like that. If it ignites this team, well, God bless him. We've been looking for anything that ignites this team, and nothing has. They would seem to to, to need a nuclear defibrillator because this team, this team does not seem to have any idea how to maintain momentum, and I think it comes down to accountability. The, the accountability starts, I think, in the clubhouse starts with Tim Anderson and Jose Abreu. I think Lance Lynn is a guy who can dole it out pretty damn strong. Lance Lynn hasn't looked consistent. He hasn't been one of one of those Cy Young candidates. He's he hasn't been that guy. It's really hard to to say that. Somebody will look, hey, my you know, what have you done for us? Shut up. That's the way it that's the way it goes. And it's harder harder for a pitcher still. The players have to do it and and, and you can't have if you have Tim Anderson doing something stupid, selfish, undisciplined like that, and the manager's now trying to blame the umpire, understand protecting your player, how about if you actually see the play and protect the player before he goes build to head with the umpire? Rodney in Westchester, welcome to the score. Okay. Thanks for uh, calling. Hey, Saturdays. how you doing? I got hey, two, hey, you. Hey, how you man. doing, Rodney? Good. Hey, man, you cannot let idiotic comments be on the air. But, you know, t- we can let any it. kind of comment on the air. Rodney, we can let any comment on the air. Yours, well, you mine, or John from Bridgeport. That's a stupid call, man. It may not be. There are some players whose life off the field has affected them on the field, and they would later say it. Well, I don't know. I just think it's a kind of a, a reaching. I mean, we all know that the reason the White House is bad because Tony LaRusso doesn't know what he's doing, and it's not going to change. I mean, we are waiting for something to happen this season. It's not. It's not going to happen. So, but you know, Tim. Yeah, Tim Anderson made a stupid mistake last night, and he shouldn't have done it. But to, to bring a person, you know, his personal life has something to do with it. I just, I just don't see a correlation. In it's All not right, in the well, newspaper, and nobody, nobody's talking about it. So, where did this guy come, get it from? I don't well, know. Where did it come from? I don't know. I don't know the details. I have not looked for them. Um, no one's walked exactly. over and said, here, exactly. here's the rundown. Rodney, I appreciate the call. Thanks for your thoughts. I I will dis- I will not discount the idea that a, a player's personal life affects what happens on the field. And we've seen it in a lot of different ways. I don't know if that's the case here. I, it, he could could be personal. It could be just as, just as much a frustration of his team, his locker room, his clubhouse, and maybe maybe Tim Anderson is at odds trying to figure out how to be a leader. Maybe it's not coming as easily when you got guys who aren't hitting home runs. You need five guys to 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 try to match Aaron Judge, and this is a team is supposed to hit home runs. It's supposed to do it. Now you're getting out homered in your own ballpark in July by the Oakland A's, a team that quit baseball several years ago. I, I just. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's on their mind. They'll tell us, and we'll be interested to hear from Tim Anderson after he gets suspended and then tries to stave it off and has his hearing and still gets suspended and see what he says after that. And does that change things? I don't know. We've had trouble seeing White Sox change anything.
We've had see see them. They've had trouble getting seizing any kind of momentum. They can't spell the word. They don't know what it means. It's it's an embarrassment for the way they play and the way they play at home. And one of the things people look at is that power. I, I mocked them for needing five guys to get close to Aaron Judge. And it it's talking about right left-handed power. It's not always that. There are a couple guys that were out there for the taking, and the White Sox didn't take them. We'll talk about them next after this. Steve Rosenblum on Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Steve Rosenblum, it's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Indeed it is. Thank you for joining us on Saturday Suckage. Sox fans, we're just finding a different way to talk about the same neutered problem. Neutered in a way similar to the way the GM was neutered when the chairman decided to name his own manager, and there goes accountability. There's no accountability. The manager likes to talk about being accountable. This was the guy who tried to get out of a DUI by claim, telling the officers he's a Hall of Famer baseball person. Hey, there's your accountability. All right. Left-handed power, left-handed hitting, left-handed this and that. Jay Kuda had tweeted out the White Sox left-handed bats went one for 16 with one single at home against the A's last night. And then he listed the White Sox ranks among 30 teams, left-handed hitters against right-handed pitching. Batting average 28th, on-base percentage 30th, slugging percentage 29th, on OPS 30th, extra base hits 30th. Last, close to last. Now the right-handed hitters against right-handed pitching. Batting average 3rd, OBP 8th, slugging percentage 13th, OPS 13th, extra base hits Fourth, and the right-handed hitters are hitting 266 against righties. Left-handed hitters are hitting 214. Your White Sox. They're hitting. Why are you looking for? Why are you looking for left-handed power? You need power. Period. You need people who can hit the ball. People who can get them get on base. You know who's doing that? A guy named Trace Thompson. Maybe you know him as the brother of Clay Thompson. Maybe you know him as the former Sox first-round draft pick. He was released by the Padres this year. Picked up by the Tigers, traded from the Tigers to the Dodgers. He has an OPS of 971 against righties. Three homers, 66 plate appearances. He can't hit lefties. He's almost a perfect White Sox. He's cheap and available. And and you you're... Trying to find anybody who can perform, who can do something, play outfield. You know who else is hitting the crap out of the ball? Matt Carpenter, that's who. He used to play for Jerry's manager. Did it in St. Louis. He played first, second, third, left field, right field. He's a left-handed bat. He has 14 home runs for the Yankees. 14 home runs are more than any other White Sox player. He has done it in 103 at-bats. He was available. He was free, actually. He was released by the Rangers in May. He could have played second. I mean, 
what does it matter whether he's got range or not? The White Sox don't care about defense. They've shown you they don't care about defense. Carpenter's played first and third. He's played left and right. He's DH'd. Now, he hasn't homered in six games, and perhaps that's an homage to being an imaginary White Sox. But those are guys who are out there. If you're going to the point that Todd was when he texted earlier about the the kind of team the general manager put together, which also has to be the kind of team a manager would use, well, I'm just telling you, that's where, that's where you are. Matt Carpenter was out there. Matt Carpenter was a left-handed bat. Matt Carpenter was... Oh my God, going crazy for the Yankees. Maybe maybe it's a Yankees thing. I don't know. But they were cert- it was certainly it was certainly happening. 312 644 67 is the phone number and the number to get to the text line. We offer both of those here on Saturday Suckage. If you want to vent, you want to do some some socks therapy. 319, wait until Lance tells Tim to get his act together. Yeah, well, that's it. That's I. That's exactly to the the point I made last segment is that you, Lance Lynn would be a guy with gravitas and, and good old country hardball and good old country clarity. And you could say, hey, you know what? You just gave a home, three, a home run, three run homer to, Stephen Piscotty at home, and we couldn't, we didn't need that. You gave up homers in a game to the A's, and it, I mean, it's just, it, it, it's not going to fly because he's a pitcher. And if Tim Anderson's the guy to do that, someone's got to tell Tim Anderson you were wrong. And Lance Lynn might be that guy, but I see that too easily dismissed if it happens at all. Because again, if there's no accountability in this clubhouse, if there's no accountability in this organization, then. You can't expect players to, if they're taking their cues from the chairman hiring the manager, manager's not accountable to anybody except the chairman. General manager's been neutered. He's got a lineup that, he's got a roster, he's got plans that are better suited for a different manager. But by the way, it, it would seem, because when it was, there's a famous screenshot of Tony LaRusse's face as the white, next White Sox manager. And A.J. Hinch's signature, which is real interesting. A.J. Hinch would have been seemingly Rick Hahn's choice. We know by his face, we know the ugliness of that Zoom call that Jerry's manager wasn't Rick's manager. But interestingly, Rick Hahn would have chosen a guy whose managerial authority couldn't stop his team from cheating its way to a World Series. So the Rick Hahn's choice was a championship manager one through cheating. I have no idea if A.J. Hinch can manage. I know that he was unable to lead a locker room. He was unable to stanch the cheating that he knew was wrong. He broke a couple of flat screens. They replaced them. A.J. Hinch couldn't stop it, didn't stop it. That was Rick Hahn's choice to be the leader. So which kind of ineffective or neutered leadership are we dealing with here? 312-644-6767 is the number. Dave in Plainfield, welcome to The Score. Thanks for calling Saturday Sucker. Hi, Steve. How you doing? I'm just letting you know I'm a super huge fan. All these 
put your opinion and your point of view, paper or on the radio. Glad you, glad to have you, brother. And I know it's the day of uh, Saturday suckage, but I, I consider it quite the opposite. But my question is this. I, I always considered you to be a little more open and a little more honest than a lot of other personalities because you, you, you don't seem to have a fear of anything, and I love you for it. Why is Ozzy considered such a pariah? I'm a huge Ozzy Guillen fan. I've been so upset watching the Sox under La Russa, thinking if it was Ozzy, it'd be a totally different story. What is the reason he is considered like no way? I, you know, Dave, I wish I had a solid answer for you. I do not know. And I, I think some of it stems from the Sox. I don't know what part his comments, his firing from the Marlins uh, regarding his comments uh, about Castro had to do with it around I, I'm, MLB owners don't strike me as a particularly long in conscience. So I don't think that has anything to do with it. But I think that's somehow in a weird kind of logic, Dave, the the idea of, well, they need a manager in Chicago and they don't want the only guy who won a World Series. And the the guy who took them back to the playoffs, they don't want that. Maybe teams, part of it is also this. General managers, Dave, what's changed in this game is general managers don't want managers to think for themselves. There's a reason Rick Hahn would not have chosen Tony La Russa or Ozzie Guillen. Obviously, A.J. Hinch can be molded, sat on, smothered, directed, neutered. That's what they want. If you watch the way GMs worked, Theo and Theo Epstein was, I think, famously in the vanguard of this. Here's 200 pages a day on all of the metric matchups. This is how you manage a game. Don't go thinking for yourself. Now, maybe that helped make Terry Francona a better manager. He's regarded as one of the best. How much the metrics play into that, how much all the statistical analysis plays into it. GMs want to be managers now. GMs don't want to hear. I mean, GM, no GM wants to hear a guy like Jerry's manager say, I really had a hunch Leury Garcia was going to be good today. That's why I batted him third or second or first. They don't want people to think for themselves. That's where it has changed. You listen to Ozzy. You love Ozzy, Dave, the same way I love Ozzy. He's got. He's going to say what he thinks. He does. He has zero bleeps to give. He's going to tell you the truth. A lot of organizations don't want to deal with the truth. They want to make money. They want to be quiet about it. They don't. They they don't want to have to deal with the manager, who's going to. They they worry about what he's going to say and what it means, and they want to be able to. General managers especially, at least in functional organizations, GMs hire the managers. This is not a functional organization. I don't believe they want guys who think for themselves. They want guys who, who, the old joke, when, when I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. That's the way GMs these days want to do it. And that's the way they're headed. And that's why I think Ozzy won't get back in the game. It will take a it will take a an ownership and a GM who says we need exactly that here. We can't be the droids living by the metrics bots. We have to be able to match it. We have to be able to blend it. I don't know what it's been like in those meetings with Ozzy and 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 talking about 
metrics and numbers and managing that way and managing the way Ozzie learned to play baseball and Ozzie's tolerance for the complete lack of baseball instincts of this team, I find it hard to believe that this Sox team would suck at base running under Ozzie the way it does under Jerry's manager. And I find it hard to believe this Sox team would suck defensively the way it does under Jerry's manager if Ozzie were managing this team. Stuff would be done. And I think GMs and perhaps owners fear the way Ozzie would do it. He would make sure everybody knew. He would hold people accountable. Doesn't seem to be much accountability in this organization. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Saturday suckage, but you knew that. When we come back from our break, we'll talk, well, what are the odds? How much would you lay down? What are the chances Justin Fields is your NFL MVP? Okay. Maybe something like hitting the lottery. But somebody in Desplaines hit that lottery ticket, a single winner. So you never know. Chicago Sports Radio, 670. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.